lot for stopping by. Glad to have this man back, former governor of Wisconsin. It's Scott Walker, also the president of Young America's Foundation. Scott, how are you? Good to see you. I'm outstanding. Doing well. I'm in Florida of all places today. Well, well, very nice. I'm in Texas. We're, we're getting a, a cold front for some reason. It feels more like Wisconsin, I'll be honest with you. Um, I've got to ask you right up front because I was a fan and I was very intrigued by you running. Why aren't you running for president? Why, why are you not in the mix? Well, eight years ago, I got out before I got a nickname, so I guess I was ahead of the pack. But uh, <laughs> uh, Well, seriously, back then, I knew that uh, I could see where things were headed. I could see that people were fed up. Uh, so fed up with politicians that say all the right things when they run but go to Washington and don't deliver that they were ready for an outsider. And in the end, uh, President Trump, even though he talks a little bit differently than many of us in the Midwest do, uh, he's delivered on those promises and that and we could see it back then. And I think that's probably where things are headed right now, both with the nomination and as we see right now, even with numbers in places like Michigan, where he's up over Biden, I think it's very likely that he, the 45th president, will be the 47th president. Yeah, I mean, he's looking really good in Georgia as well. These are a couple of very important states. You know, it, what's interesting about the whole thing with you running was that you sort of seemed like you were the outsider as well, though you had been a governor. But you're right. You had this, like, locomotive coming at everybody. And that locomotive was speaking to people on a different level, in different terms. Because like what you just said, Scott, we've got people in Congress now who claim to be Republican, who said all the right things, and they're not doing any of it now that they're in, a, in office. If you were in the House of Representatives or in the Senate, what would you be saying to your colleagues who don't seem to understand that they have the purse strings? They, they have the ability to stop this out-of-control spending in Washington, but they, it's like they refuse to do it. Well, two things. There's got to be a line in the sand, not only on spending, where, my gosh, $30 trillion. I mean, a few years ago, we thought it was absurd to be over $20 trillion. We looked at the national debt. For all right. the talk from college students about student loan debt, their debt from the federal level far exceeds what they'll ever pay from student loan debt. But more than spending, uh, we have an outright invasion going on on our southern border. Right. They should be holding out for uh, the government staying open just for that alone. Uh, I mean, just as a patriot, there's no way we should be allowing uh, the number of people coming in. Anywhere else in the world, they would call it what it is, which is an invasion, and would do everything in their power to see that stopped. You know, it's really important. You know that I'm here in Texas. I mean, it's just right down the road here. We had 300,000-plus that we know came across in December, by far a record in the history of this country, and nobody seems to want to do anything in Washington. They could literally spend nothing and just go back to the Trump policies and fix it tomorrow. They don't want to. Biden keeps saying he wants more money. KJP says that the Republicans won't play ball. They want amnesty is what that plan was that Biden put forth on day one as he signed executive orders to open the border. Scott, in your heart of hearts, as a guy who understands a lot and knows you know, and loves this country, why do you think they want an open border? Is it about future voters? Oh, I think there's no doubt about it. I mean, think about it. everything the left does. The first bill they had when Nancy Pelosi took over speaker uh, was H.R. 1, a bill that was about empowering the federal government to run elections. Uh, they want power. Uh, we want policy. And I'm not saying we should be all about power as conservatives, but we've got to understand what we're fighting against. Uh, power, whether it's in the halls of Congress, whether it's in the White House, and for that matter, increasingly, whether it's in the uh, the ivory towers of college, what I see at Young America's Foundation is, you know, it's all about power with this DEI stuff. So everywhere we look, we've got to realize, don't give up the substance, don't give up our, our principles and policy, but be willing to fight against concentrate power in the hands of the elites.
Yeah, a little bit of that broke up, but I think we got exactly what you were saying. It's former Wisconsin Governor Scott uh, Scott Walker. He's also the Young Americans Foundation president. When we talk about the purse strings, let's finish up on the border with this. You just said it very quickly, but you're right. They could literally shut down the government or at least threaten it, use their leverage that they have, unless you do something to stop the flow of people coming across illegally. Why don't, why don't you think they want to? I, the Republicans speak a good game. I think Mike Johnson seems like a nice enough guy. I like Jamie Comer. I like uh, Jim Jordan. I like uh, all these. They, they've all been on the show saying the right things. But at the end of the day, they never, ever do it. You just had Mike Johnson could have gone for $1.6 trillion, but instead went for $1.7 trillion. Both are way too high. But he didn't do what we thought he would do. What's it going to take? They can just shut down government, right? Well, right, and it's it's the power play. The left is not afraid to go all out to exert the power in the things that they believe in. Right. Uh, we end up, in the end, saying the right things, believing the right things, but not willing to go as far as they are on the left to get these things done. And I think that's where much of the frustration comes from everyday Americans who just see this. They see the images, for example, on the southern border. They see the problems with federal spending, not just in terms of the side of the debt and the deficit, but my goodness, I mean, look at the impact federal spending increases have had on inflation. I, I've got a son and a daughter-in-law who are trying to buy a new home. This puts it in real terms. They're going to pay about $1,500 more per month wow. on their mortgage payments uh, just for a new home. That's, that's a, a newlywed couple who've got great credit, who don't have any debt. They're paying $1,500 more a month than what they would have paid under Donald Trump just a few years ago. This is the real impact of out-of-control spending under Joe Biden and, and liberals, and unfortunately, even some Republicans who've empowered them to continue the spending. Go to ScottWalker.com, ScottWalker.com, and Scott Walker, former Wisconsin governor. What's interesting about what you just said is the youth in America don't seem to understand the economic differences. I'm sure your son does. I'm sure your daughter-in-law does. My children do because we try to educate them correctly. But if you turn on CNN or MSNBC or CNBC or ABC, NBC, CBS, they will all, when interviewing somebody from the Biden administration, say something like this, Scott. So the economy's doing great. More jobs created than ever on planet Earth, and uh, things are hunky-dory. Why don't you think the voters understand that? And, and the answer, generally speaking, from the administration is, and, and again, I'll paraphrase, but it's in context, they're not smart enough to understand how good they have it. So how do we stop that false narrative from getting into the people's brains on TikTok and Instagram and everything else, where the administration literally in the left in this country wants, wants these young people to literally think the economy is much better than you think it is, ignore your paycheck, ignore your bank account? Well, we have to, you know, we have to um, ignore the press, ignore the liberals, keep speaking the truth over and over again i say don't take debate don't don't get into talking about this in terms of inflation rates or gross domestic product or anything else like that talk about it in real terms like i just did with my son and my daughter-in-law talk about how much more you're paying for your food bill and my goodness if you look at the typical home in america is paying about eleven and a half thousand dollars more per year per year just to live at the same level they were in January of 2021. Talk about it in those real terms and then repeat it. Don't presume one of the mistakes they think we make, particularly our friends in Congress make, is they'll put out these statements, they'll hold these press conferences, and they think because they said it once that people buy into it, they're following it. No, talk about it over and over and over again. When I faced 100,000 protesters in their recall election, we had to repeat the reasons why we did it and why it ultimately worked yeah. over and over and over again. And in the end, 
we prevailed uh, not only in winning that recall, but more votes than we did in the first election. That's because the voters could see with their own eyes and were reminded by us repeatedly. We make the mistake, I think, whether it's on tax cuts or spending restraint or other issues, of just saying it's because it's logical and then moving on. The left, unfortunately, repeats their lies over and over again. We've got to counter them every time and in every instance. It sometimes feels like an, an exercise in futility, though, Scott, because you've got big academia, big Hollywood, big sports, big music, big tech, big, big media. All of them are saying the same thing. They're all lying. It's either dis or misinformation. It depends on whether you think they're competent. But they're all they're all lying. They've got it wrong. Do you and I have a, a big enough megaphone? Is there a is there an, a, a big enough push by young Americans that it's the foundation that you're running? Um, is there a big enough push by them to get into the ears and into the minds and the souls of their friends and and coworkers and and classmates to make them understand? No, what you believe is not true. Let me explain why. Well, I think we've got to be, and, and I don't see nearly enough as I used to, but you know, around Christmas time, for years, for decades, for generations, there have been people ringing bells uh, on front of stores and shopping malls and grocery places and that for the Salvation Army. And we've got to kind of be like that. We've got to be ringing the bell of truth uh, all across America. And I think we've got the truth on our side. Uh, some good news, I think despite all the advantages you said the left has, uh, we've seen repeatedly poll after poll, particularly in battleground states. Another one just came out this week in Michigan, in Michigan of all places, uh, where Donald Trump is ahead of Joe Biden. Uh, you see close numbers in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, as we talked about. We've seen them in Arizona and in Georgia. I think that's a clear reflection that people can see what's happening under Biden. They can remember what happened under Trump and, and yeah. they want more of what they had before and not what they have right now. And at Young America's Foundation, we've done a poll before the first debate asking college students what their most important issue was. And interestingly enough, it's not what you think it was. It was the economy. And so we just got to repeat those truths over and over again and apply it to what people see that I always said as governor, the most potent political argument is the one that people know is inherently true. Right. And so if we've got the truth on our side, uh, the left is going to try and distort it. I was on Meet the Press a couple weeks ago, and uh, the Boston Globe reporter in the panel next to me said, well, the GMP is getting better. I said, try talking to those families who are paying you know, $900 more a month just to live they were the way they were a couple years ago. Uh, they don't care what the GMP is. They don't care what the stock market records are. They care about how much more life cost under Joe Biden. We got to pin the tail on the back of the donkey, and the donkey is Joe Biden. Yeah, 16 or 70 percent more just in regular costs, as you said, for all Americans. If you go up to them and say, yeah, but the GNP is good. I don't, I don't think they care. So, Scott, I think that's a that's an awesome um, uh, an awesome retort. By the way, uh, you may or may not know this about me. I was a television news anchor in Michigan for eight years and uh, we were all over the state. My wife was born there. One of my daughters born there. We've got a house in Michigan. We I have never met anybody from Michigan. I'm not lying. And I've got I've got 16 stations there as we speak. I've never met one person who said, man, I love that Biden. Man, I love the. I love what the left is doing. So what you're actually fighting in Michigan, like you're fighting in Wisconsin, you're fighting against Madison. You're fighting against uh, against uh, uh, Hamtramck, Dearborn, uh, and Detroit in Michigan. Can you overcome the huge metropolis areas, or, or Milwaukee in Wisconsin? Can you, uh, can you overcome that with the rest of the state? Because most of Wisconsin's red. Most of Michigan's red. Most of Minnesota's red. Can you overcome that? 
Yeah, you can. Uh, it's not easy. I did it three times in a statewide election in a state that hadn't gone Republican for president since 1984 when Reagan oh. carried everything except his opponent's home state. Uh, but you have to, again, you have to be focused. I used to say uh, you have to be so on message that even, even when someone in the media asks you what your mother's maiden name was, I used to say it's Fitch. And every Fitch I know cares about my plan to get the economy going and balance <laughs> the budget. Smart. You know, it's got to be, don't take the bait, don't focus, you know, you got to focus. I think Republicans, conservative candidates, one of the mistakes I've seen far too many make is, again, they think if you say it once, uh, that's logical, you can move on. Now, you got to repeat it over and over and over again. You got to make it personal. You got to tell stories. I always remind people the best teacher I've ever heard of is someone who told parables. You do that over and over again in Michigan and Wisconsin, across the country, you can win. And I would add, again, with young people, the work we do at Young America's Foundation, we see that most young people are not as crazy as the, the media perceives them to be right. uh, you know, in terms of being crazy left. They're just like voters. They're intimidated uh, by the radical 15 to 20 percent who try to intimidate them and their administration and their professors. Uh, well, the professors are liberal, too, but, but yeah. uh, intimidate the administration. Most students are just curious, like most swing voters are in battleground states. It is uh, Scott Walker, former governor of the great state of Wisconsin, also the president of the Young America's Foundation. Go to scottwalker.com. Scott, you just just quick answer. This is an easy question. Do you think there's any doubt that Trump is going to be the nominee? Yes. I think he wins it in Iowa. I think it gets close because Christie got out of New Hampshire. But then there's a steamroll coming after that. Nevada, I think he blows. Most people are surprised about this. In South Carolina, he's going to win by enormous margins. And then oh. uh, the rest is a lock. I, I mean, I, I serve with Nikki Haley. She's a friend of mine. I think Ron DeSantis has done a fabulous job as governor. I think the only governor right now better than him is probably Kim Reynolds in Iowa. Right. But having said all that, again, proof is in the pudding. Why would you give it up? Uh, for somebody that's yet to be tested nationally for a guy who got the job done. I think that's where most voters are. He's going to be the nominee, and he's likely to be the next president. I don't know if you are. Are you on Twitter or X? Are you on that platform? I am at Scott Walker on Twitter slash X. Yep. I'm, I'm at Joe Talk Show if you wanted to follow Scott. I'm just going to put it out there. But having said that, there was this dumb argument the other day, this debate between Mark Cuban and Elon Musk about DEI. Uh, and DEI yeah. is a ridiculous thing. It doesn't make any sense because you're uh, – Mark Cuban, the guy who owns – or is now the managing controller of the, of the Mavericks. He sold most of it. But this guy literally – is in an industry that proves DEI doesn't work is ineffective. It's 80% black players in the NBA because they're the best players available. If we force right. DEI, they'd have to put me in the team. So, I mean, does that argument make any sense? And do you think a Mark Cuban doesn't understand that he's wrong, uh, but he's doing it for some other reason? He's doing it for other reasons. He's placating uh, to people to say all the right things. Remember, this is the same guy who, up until the, the people in his area completely overwhelmed it with criticism talked about getting rid of the national anthem right. uh, before Mavericks game so this guy is completely out of touch even with his fan base let alone the rest of America out there but I think he inadvertently made the point though right I mean the rest of us got it that putting a uh, you know a short Asian woman on the team to fit DI would not <laughs> would not make for a winning Mavericks team sports is a true meritocracy the bottom line is that uh, we should want that for all of America and if there's certain groups who are under represented you don't bring people down to make uh, the others better you bring them up you help support them give them the tools to support the recruitment to do even better in those regards and that's the kind of america i think our founders envision and that's certainly the kind of america i think most of us want to live in 
Yeah, but Scott, here's the problem. They sell it very well. Diversity. Hey, look, everybody's included. Um, uh, uh, equity. Shouldn't everybody have ownership and inclusion? Again, it includes everybody. But it literally is the opposite. It's almost like the Affordable Care Act, which wasn't. It was unaffordable. It was ridiculous. It was a, it was a takeover of one-sixth of the economy. But they will lie in what they call it. So what young person who's smart and loves everybody doesn't want diversity, equity, and inclusion? How do we bring it home better than, uh, although you're right, Mark Cuban made the case the other day inadvertently, but how do we bring it home to young people that DEI or ESG is bad? We got to use real terms again, right? I mean, the bottom line is use their own language against them. I'm all for diversity, but how about some diversity of thought? Um, yes. You know, I, I want people to be treated well, so let's respect everyone. Let's not just base it on race. Let's treat people, you know, use the rule that we learned in church a long time ago, which is love your neighbors yourself. If we all did that, we wouldn't have to worry about any of these DEI programs. Uh, I love it. It's Scott Walker. Go to scottwalker.com. He's the former Wisconsin governor, also president of Young America's Foundation. Scott, don't be a stranger. Come back on. It's going to be a hot year this year. It is indeed, and uh, young people will be key as they have been the last few years. Thankfully, they're moving away from the left, but we got more work to be done. I appreciate the hard work you're doing. It's Scott Walker, and we're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. News Radio 1200. W-O-A-I. Scott Walker on. He was a great governor in Wisconsin. I'm guessing Wisconsin would love to have Scott Walker back, to be honest with you. He is the boss over at Young America's Foundation. Go and follow them at YAF or go to scottwalker.com. We will have him on often. I think he's got great insight into exactly what's going on. And I agree with him, as a lot of you do, some of you don't, that the 45th president should uh, be the 47th president. That's for sure. Next hour, we're going to have Holocaust survivor Jack Warfel. His first name is actually something longer than that, but he goes by Jack. He's 91 years old. He and his brother were sent off to a camp and had to pretend, and some adults helped them, that they weren't Jewish. Their mother and father killed in the Holocaust, and they were actually entered into the Hitler Youth. He's written a book about it now. It's an unbelievable story. And the guy, I mean, for being 91, it was unbelievable to, to have a chat with him. I told him in the interview he looks more like 71, so make sure you stick around for that next hour. A lot of other stuff to get to, including how nuts Canada is. I mean, Canada is out of control. A? Carrie, I think you have to say A when you, when you say that. Mm, I don't think you do. A? I will not when I read the story. Hoser, A? We'll have that for you when we come back as well. The Joe Pag Show coming back. Stay here. This is the Joe Pag Show.